business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, December 30th. A 20-year-old Eldon man was killed Wednesday when he was struck by a truck on Business Route 54 in Miller County. According to the Highway Patrol, 35-year-old Corey Dunn was traveling in his 87 Chevrolet truck when he saw George Cook standing in the road. Dunn put on his brakes in an attempt not to hit Cook, but was unable to stop in time. Cook was pronounced dead at Lake Regional Hospital. The number of calls to the Osage Beach Fire Protection District has been on the rise in recent weeks. According to the fire district, the increase of residents is behind the higher than normal calls in the winter months. The departments responded to at least two structure fires, a drowning and multiple vehicle accidents and medical emergencies. The recent cold temperatures were also behind the increase in calls. Frozen pipes were at the top of the call list. Yesterday's 60-degree temps were a welcome change. Missouri has one of the largest deer herds in North America, topping 1 million. According to the Missouri Department of Conservation, Missouri's deer herd has been affected by chronic wasting disease in several counties. There's a new MDC rule that prohibits residents from feeding deer year-round within CWD management zone counties. More information is available at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, last Friday of 2022. Hopefully you've got a great New Year's weekend ahead. There's some work to do for the Chiefs this weekend. They'll be at home against the Broncos Sunday. That's the second-to-last game before the playoffs. They'll finish out the regular season next week on the road against the Raiders. The Chiefs have scored 438 points so far this year, giving up 332, so they've outscored their opponents by 106 points. Chiefs have dominated the Broncos with Mahomes at quarterback 10-0 and since Patrick uh, uh, took over that starting quarterback job against Denver. He'll look to keep that going this week. College football getting serious with the bowl games as a national championship semifinals tomorrow. Number two, Michigan against number three, TCU. Michigan, a pretty big favorite in that game. The second national semifinal, number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State, Georgia 
Pretty good favorite to win that one as well. College basketball, Mizzou has some time off. Their next game next Wednesday on the road against Top 10 Arkansas. And then the MSU Bears will be busy this weekend. They're at home Sunday against Drake. High school basketball on Lake TV, the next game up, will be on Tuesday, January 10th. Camdenton at home to Rolla. You can see that game on Lake TV, tip-off time right around 7 o'clock, the COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, and they're all great. And again, don't forget to catch the high school basketball games this winter on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. If you're a member or prospective member of the Camdenton Chamber of Commerce, you need to check out the Leeds Group. That's L-E-A-D-S. It's business professionals meeting on a regular basis for an hour to share experience and referrals. It's a great way for new business owners to network with people in the know over morning coffee. Contact the Camdenton Chamber Office for information at 573-346-2227. Do you or a family member or maybe an employee need help? Encompass Purpose is here for you. Encompass Purpose is a nonprofit solution to wellness. You have a true potential to live up to your healthy mind and healthy body, a happier, more successful existence. We work with individuals and employers to do just that. EncompassPurpose.com, 573-286-5625. And also make sure to tune in to our radio program right here on 89.3 The Key. It's Eldon versus School of the Osage in basketball. The Lake Area Chamber of Commerce, along with the School of the Osage, are proud to partner together once again to host a Winter School of the Osage Community Night on Thursday, February 16, 2023. There will be back-to-back games all at the high school, Varsity Girls at 6 p.m. and Varsity Boys at 7.30 p.m. As part of the event, Lake Area Chamber members are invited to set up a tabletop booth to welcome the community and promote your business at the same time. Contact the Lake Area Chamber today to register your business. Phone 573-964-1008 or email info at lakeareachamber.com.
This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Well, here we go. We are off and running. 808, another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. A little uh, on the chilly side, but I think that we will do just fine because we have a beautiful weekend ahead of us. And I hope that uh, you get the opportunity to get out and enjoy it as we wrap up 2022 and get ready for 2023. Right now, 42 degrees in Osage Beach, 41 in Camdenton. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. I want to thank Bill and Janice for a lovely time last night. Delta and I had the opportunity to go out and uh, break bread and just uh, sit around and have a good time. And, well, i got to tell you, this is kind of the result of something that happened back in March of this year. And I'll tell you more about that uh, here shortly. I think uh, a lot of you know that uh, we had a little incident here. And... uh, Things ended, as they say, happily ever after for the most part. 49 the high today. Sunshine and clouds mixed. 31 with a cloudy sky tonight. Partly cloudy and 60 for the high tomorrow. Then partly cloudy and 65 to start the new year. How about that? Showers and thunderstorms likely on Monday. About a 100% chance at this point. A high of 62, then uh, partly cloudy and 53 on Tuesday, mostly cloudy and 39 on Wednesday of next week, partly cloudy and 35 on Thursday, sunny and 47 on Friday, and then uh, next Saturday looking for a high of 49 and a partly cloudy sky. So just kind of bouncing around a little bit like we so often do. Winter drawdown getting ready to take place at the Lake of the Ozarks as well. For dock owners, that means... Probably a good opportunity to loosen those cables a little bit. Uh, And uh, if you have a person or persons, a company that built your dock, why not uh, have them come out and take a look at it if they've got time to do so? If you have not already put in a call, yeah, it was uh, was a pretty awesome day yesterday. A lot of cool things going on. tell you about some of those. 656.93, the current lake level. River level at 553.95, surface water temp at 42 degrees. As Brian Vance used to tell me when I would talk to him, and I've got to actually get him in here. Let me write him down on my list of people to talk to. Uh, Brian Vance over there at Ameren. We are not dropping the lake 30 feet. (laughs) The lake will not be dropped during the annual winter drawdown 30 feet, so... No worries there. 810 is our time. So I got to go hang out yesterday with one of the coolest people in the world. I say at the lake, but she is one of the coolest people in the world. Joe McElwee is retiring. Today is her last day as the Camden County Circuit Clerk, and she has done an amazing job. She has an amazing staff. Kayla Henry will step in and take over. I believe Kayla was sworn in yesterday. I saw Kayla, and I saw some pictures of Kayla on uh, Facebook getting sworn in. I believe it was Judge Gilly. And so uh, they say the end of an era, but I don't think it will ever really end because I know that Joe will probably be up there visiting her girls, as she says, and uh, very involved in the community. And, uh, Joe, I just want to say it has been a a wonderful ride. I think that uh, you have done so much for the uh, people of this county, and we all appreciate your job and uh, the time and effort that you've put in and all the people that you've helped just trying to get us through our daily lives. And so thank you, Joe McElwee. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are are the best. 
and congratulations on your retirement. And I uh, wish you the best. And, of course, I hope that you'll be checking in on me from time to time here on the show. I can almost guarantee that, right? <laughs> so it, uh, if you know Joe, if you see Joe, uh, maybe today if you get a chance, if you can stop by the office or uh, uh, you see her out and about, uh, just uh, high-five her, give her a big hug. And thank her for all the years of service and dedication to uh, Camden County. So, awesome lady. She really is. 8.12 is our time. So, back in March, here at SRG Financial Advisors, and this is an interesting story, folks. And it proves the point that criminals are not the smartest people in the world by, uh, by a long shot. Back in March, we had a break in here at SRG Financial Advisors. And apparently, uh, now that we've uh, gotten some of the details on this break-in, we know that uh, it was someone who was kind of casing the joint a little bit. But anyway, we had, you can see if you're watching us on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio and Studio Live Camera, you can see this this nice, beautiful countertop, this beautiful studio that Bill LaCasse put together. And at one point, we had all kinds of equipment up here. And then I came in on a Monday morning, I believe it was the last Monday in March, and I walked in the studio, and everything was gone. I mean, literally, uh, everything was gone. The TVs, one of the TVs, there had uh, there were three TVs in this studio, and uh, one of them was taken down. They didn't take the TVs, but they took all of our equipment, and uh, we were freaking out, and I remember that day that Bill and Janice pulled up and I told Bill, I said, Bill, man, I said, somebody broke in here and stole our equipment. And he just, it was tough for him to wrap his head around that, right? I think it is kind of tough anytime that you uh, deal with a break-in because it's just so hard to believe, you know, that you think you've got everything taken care of and locked down and everything. But anyway, so all of the equipment, uh, a lot of the equipment that we use for key radio, a lot of Bill's personal equipment, uh, microphones, headphones, and his mixing board. You see this mixing board over here. Uh, that was the replacement board that uh, he purchased. And, you know, y- y- you you are the subject of a break-in, and you realize just, you know, how you just feel violated. You just feel violated, you know what I mean? And so, anyway... Um, Last Saturday, I was out having breakfast with Delta, and we were up the road here at the Pancake House, and we were sitting there eating, and she gets on those various sites where you buy and sell things, and she was looking at something, and uh, then she saw some equipment, and she showed me the equipment, and she said, what do you think of this equipment? Because I'm looking at putting a studio in my basement, and anyway... Um, I just kind of thumbed through the pictures, didn't think anything of it, and I gave her the phone back and continued to eat. Great food over there at the Pancake House, by the way. Hats off to those folks for the great great food that they provide. And uh, Domenico's last night was amazing. Thank you to our waiter, Kevin, and the great staff over at Domenico's. You folks are awesome. Um. I said, let me see that again. And so I started looking at it, and I started thumbing through these pictures, and I recognized some of the equipment. But there was one particular piece 
that stood out like a sore thumb. And it was a mixing board. And I had looked at it and looked at it and realized it was Bill LaCasse's mixing board. And so when I saw that, I freaked out a little bit. And, you know, the information that I saw in the picture was trying to process in my brain. And I couldn't pull him up on my phone fast enough. Well, I pulled him up on the phone and I called him and I said, I think I found our stuff. And um, so we sent him some pictures. And the lovely Janice, well, she was on it and uh, made a few phone calls and called Osage Beach and talked to the detective that uh, was here when all of this happened. And, I mean, they came in and they dusted for fingerprints and they were looking around for this and that and every little thing. I actually had to go down and get fingerprinted. (laughs) And so now they have my fingerprints on file, right? Anyway, so she made a few phone calls and uh, talked to a few folks. And uh, lo and behold... We got all of our equipment back because they had taken some other equipment that they were going to, I guess, come back for and put it in tubs outside the building, behind the building, and they were going to come back and get it, and they didn't. And so on Monday morning, there were a number of things that they put outside that they were going to come back for that they never came back for. And I don't know if they were spooked or what the deal was, but anyway... Just by chance, just on a whim, Delta found this equipment. And so uh, it needs a little cleaning, apparently. Uh, I don't know what they did to it after they uh, stole it. But uh, through the persistent communications with the Osage Beach Police Department, we were able to retrieve the equipment And it just made me think, I mean, okay, this person that had it online and was, had had purchased and was selling stolen equipment, I don't know if this person realized or not, I kind of think they did, but they got it from someone else, and when this person who had the equipment was contacted by the Osage Beach Police Department, well, that person gave up the name of the person that they got it from come to find out that person was uh, already in jail or prison and has quite an extensive rap sheet, as they say. Pretty lengthy rap sheet, but the point is we got it back, and uh, it's just, when you think of someone stealing something, you wouldn't think that they would be stupid enough to post it on a website that's local. Well, it's a website that you can see all over the country and other places as well, but this one particular post was 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 something, I guess, that was local. And I think that was the weirdest part of the whole deal, that, you know, you think if you're going to steal something, you wouldn't put it up in and around the area from where it was stolen. You'd maybe move it to another part of the state or possibly outside the, the state or, or, or whatever. But this person had sold some of the equipment. And anyway, uh, we found the rest of it and, and got it all back. And so that was pretty amazing. And it just, like I said, it just goes to show you that the criminals aren't that bright. And that's probably why they get busted, because they do stupid things. And, you know, if you're going to post something as far as stolen merchandise... 
why would you post it locally? And and, and the thing about it is, is you know, uh, enough people knew about it that I think somebody might have come across it. We just happened to stumble across it, Delta did, and we were able to retrieve the equipment. So I thought that was just amazing and so very cool. And thanks to uh, the hard work of the Osage Beach Police Department and everybody involved over there, and thank you to the uh, the hard work uh, that Janice Lacasse put in and, and Bill Lacasse as well. But I and, and I don't think it was as much about the retrieval of the equipment as it was about the fact that they found the person who stole it. <laughs> and this person, uh, the person who was selling it obviously wasn't that bright. And then the person who stole it obviously wasn't that bright. So we got it all back. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. And... Uh, they all lived happily ever after. And, and you know, sometimes you are able to retrieve your stolen items. Sometimes uh, not so much. But uh, just, just by pure chance, we found it and got it back. And that uh, is way cool. And what a great way to end 2022 on a high note as far as stolen equipment. I also noticed yesterday I was going through uh, some things on the computer and, and, and doing some work, and uh, stationed down in Springfield, KY3, had a story, a news story on Donnie Irwin. We talked yesterday with uh, Sergeant Scott Hines and Mindy Sales, discussing that it has been nine years since the disappearance of Donnie Irwin. And, uh, you know, it's we just... Uh, we just need something. The family needs some closure. And so they put the number out there uh, to get a hold of the Camden County Sheriff's Department, I guess for folks in Springfield. But, uh, again, if anyone knows anything, you can give those folks a call over there. Let me see. I took Scott's card yesterday, and I put it in my wallet. I believe the number is, here it is right here, 346 243 is the number to call and uh, ask for Sergeant Hines uh, or any of the folks there at the Camden County Sheriff's Department if you have any information whatsoever uh, on Donnie Irwin because they would definitely love to be able to uh, solve this case, bring the family some closure. And uh, I think at this point the family probably deserves it. Uh, They've deserved it for a long time, obviously, right? 822. Goodness gracious, lots of things going on. Of course, uh, some great weather this weekend, so you'll be able to get out and maybe finish up some outdoor projects before we have to get ready to hunker down again. I don't uh, know exactly when we are expecting another uh, bout of winter weather. I haven't looked that far ahead, but I know we are anticipating some showers and thunderstorms on Monday. And at this point, a one hundred it says 99%, but I think it's safe to round it up to a 100% chance. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Steve. Good morning to Brian. Good morning to Robert. Good morning to Matthew. Good morning to Joe. Good morning to all of you. And uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, check in this morning with us, the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera is here for your benefit. Let me know where you're at and what you're doing. If you have any big plans for New Year's Eve, I think I really stopped kind of celebrating New Year's Eve. It's been 10 or more years. I mean, we used to go out all the time. And, you know, you go out and find a party somewhere and get crazy. And if you're planning on getting crazy, uh, hopefully you'll uh, stay where you're at or have please have a designated driver. 
I would imagine a lot of the cab companies and the Uber drivers around the area. Brian's listening at Stover. I got a chance to meet Kathy Fuel yesterday. What a sweet lady. Daniel Owsley, cooking bacon in Camdenton. And you know, Daniel, you picked the perfect day to do that because today, sir, and celebrate uh, proudly, and I know you will, is National Bacon Day. December 30th is National Bacon Day. If you want to scream at the top of your lungs, I love bacon. I love bacon! Do it. Uh, today's also National Resolution Planning Day. Getting getting ready for all those New Year's resolutions. Falling Needles Family Fest Day. Get ready to take down your tree and clean up the house after Christmas if you have a live tree. And I think, and, and call them before you show up with your your carcass, your tree carcass. Uh, the folks over at Bridal Cave would love to take your live Christmas tree and put it down around their uh, their docks. Makes a nice crappie bed. You can go down there and fish if you want. And I know some other places will take them as well. Festival of Enormous Changes at the Last Minute, also being celebrated today. There are only two days left to fulfill and accomplish your goals, so get on with it. And today is also National Bicarbonate of Soda Day. Bicarbonate of soda is a versatile compound that is a benefit to anyone's home. That's baking soda, by the way, just so you know. But anyway, uh, you're getting rid of your tree. Plenty of people would like to have them to use for crappie beds. Um, I don't know if the Missouri Department of Conservation has a place where you can uh, dispose of those, but uh, if you know somebody who has lakefront property and would like to use it for a crappie bed, heck, give them a call, drop it off, and maybe help them get that sucker in the water. So your Christmas tree has many, many, many ways to be reused and recycled. 826, and Dave Maupin will be in with us uh, a little after 9 o'clock to take us on a journey, as I said, among the dogwoods. Headed that way. (laughs) Good morning, Sean. Brian says, out where the hoot owls and chicken hawks get together, out there in Stover, Missouri. Appreciate you listening, Brian. Thank you so much. You know, uh, just real quick. And I don't know if you make New Year's resolutions or not. So many people do. Uh, Some of them last a day. Some of them last a week. Some of them last a month. Uh, You know, when you're trying to quit smoking or quit drinking or lose weight or get in shape or whatever it is you're going to do. Um, One New Year's resolution I would ask of all of you, and, and this is obviously completely and totally up to you, whatever you feel like doing, and that is... Be a good friend in 2023. Look out for your friends. Look out for your neighbors. Look out for your family members. And when I say look out, I don't mean, you know, watch when they're coming and going. And if that's what you want to do, if that's okay with them, they might think uh, they've got a stalker in the neighborhood. But just be a good friend in 2023. Uh, I know that one of the New Year's resolutions, and, and I said earlier I resolved not to make any resolutions, but... Uh, quite frankly, um, I'm going to resolve to be a, a better friend in 2023. And there was a little something that happened with a friend of mine yesterday that made me really think think hard about 
what I want to do in 2023, and I just want to be a better friend to people. You know, just check on them a little bit more. You know, if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, I don't know. Good morning, Chris Schneider. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Chris and uh, our media partners over there at uh, Lake TV. And, Chris, I appreciate you, sir, very much, and thank you for providing us with sports. Great media partners, as are the folks at lakeexpo.com. Stephanie says, what's brewing, KB? Well, uh, I've got some Indian monsoon at home, Stephanie. I've I've, I've been nursing it along. I've I've actually got to come over and see you folks at Firefly Valley Farms on South Business 5. Get down there and see how they uh, roast the beans and and make all the different coffees and let them kind of give you a little tutorial because coffee is more than just what you buy in the store. You know what I mean? And these folks do a fantastic job. They certainly do. And I am so glad that uh, we have a relationship with Stephanie and Dax because it's it's amazing to find out about the different types of coffee that they have available. But uh, if you are going to do anything in 2023, and again, this is completely and totally up to you, just try to be a better friend. You know, that's what I'm going to. Yep, Jenny Wall says, I love the Indian monsoon. I do too. And it's interesting how they make the Indian monsoon. I got a little story on it, and that's why I bought it. Because, and now correct me if I'm wrong, Stephanie, they take the beans and they basically just lay them out and they let them absorb all of the, uh, the scents and some of the, I guess, what is it, the, the humidity or the moisture in the area, and it gives that particular coffee its flavor. Jenny down there in Texas, hanging out in Texas. We've got to get you on soon, Jenny. Don't call me Brinkman Wall uh, to talk about uh, a new watchdog that should be coming out soon. So lots of things to think about as you head into 2023, wrapping up 2022. But um, I ask all of you, it's it's a simple New Year's resolution. It doesn't require a whole lot on your end other than just uh, picking up the phone once in a while or calling somebody out and saying, uh, hey, let's go, let's go do lunch. Or just hanging out with people and picking their brain a little bit. Make sure they're okay. It, but again, yes, Jenny, it does. It tastes like rainforest. It certainly does. But just hanging out with people. Finished it yesterday. I guess that is the watchdog that she's referring to, and we'll talk soon. Looking forward to it. And we'll uh, we'll pump you in uh, over the phone lines here from Texas. Stephanie says they are recreating the nostalgic taste coffee had when it took a journey by ship. Very unique. It is very unique. It's very good. One of the many beans, the different roasts, the different flavors that they have available at Firefly Valley Farms. Stephanie, will you still drop it off at the house if they ask you to do that? I'm sure she will. 831, or, or you can come to them. Heck, they're located on South Business 5 in Camdenton. And I would say go out there and enjoy the experience because it is a really neat experience how they roast the beans and they can give you some of the history on the coffee. And maybe that will help you make a more educated choice on the type of coffee that you would like. Do you like a dark coffee? Do you like a strong coffee? What do you like? We have got uh, some local information for you here at the bottom of the hour. How about it, folks? Community radio talking about people in the community. I love it. And in 2023, let's see if we can't all strive to be a better friend. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com has a look at local news. Chris Schneider checking in this morning with us 
from Lake TV. He has a check of sports, and I appreciate him taking the time to give us a listen as well. Thank you, my radio brother from another mother. This guy has a fantastic radio career. If you ever see Chris, have him uh, have him tell you about uh, some of the places he's worked and some of the people that he's had the opportunity to work with and interview. Fascinating. Just fascinating. We're at 832, and guess what, folks? You're listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, December 30th. A 20-year-old Eldon man was killed Wednesday when he was struck by a truck on Business Route 54 in Miller County. According to the Highway Patrol, 35-year-old Corey Dunn was traveling in his 87 Chevrolet truck when he saw George Cook standing in the road. Dunn put on his brakes in an attempt not to hit Cook, but was unable to stop in time. Cook was pronounced dead at Lake Regional Hospital. The number of calls to the Osage Beach Fire Protection District has been on the rise in recent weeks. According to the fire district, the increase of residents is behind the higher than normal calls in the winter months. The departments responded to at least two structure fires, a drowning and multiple vehicle accidents and medical emergencies. The recent cold temperatures were also behind the increase in calls. Frozen pipes were at the top of the call list. Yesterday's 60-degree temps were a welcome change. Missouri has one of the largest deer herds in North America, topping one million. According to the Missouri Department of Conservation, Missouri's deer herd has been affected by chronic wasting disease in several counties. There's a new MDC rule that prohibits residents from feeding deer year-round within CWD management zone counties. More information is available at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Last Friday of 2022, hopefully you've got a great New Year's weekend ahead. There's some work to do for the Chiefs this weekend. They'll be at home against the Broncos Sunday. That's the second-to-last game before the playoffs. They'll finish out the regular season next week on the road against the Raiders. The Chiefs have scored 438 points so far this year, giving up 332, so they've outscored their opponents by 106 points. Chiefs have dominated the Broncos with Mahomes at quarterback 10-0 and since Patrick uh, uh, took over that starting quarterback job against Denver. They'll look to keep that going this week. College football getting serious with the bowl games as a national championship semifinals tomorrow. Number two, Michigan against number three, TCU. Michigan.
Michigan, a pretty big favorite in that game. The second national semifinal, number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State. Georgia, pretty good favorite to win that one as well. College basketball, Mizzou has some time off. Their next game next Wednesday on the road against top 10 Arkansas. And then the MSU Bears will be busy this weekend. They're at home Sunday against Drake. High school basketball on Lake TV. The next game up will be on Tuesday, January 10th. Camden at home to Rolla. You can see that game on Lake TV. Tip-off time right around 7 o'clock. The COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, and they're all great. And again, don't forget to catch the high school basketball games this winter on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Here's how one evolutionary materialist defined love. Romantic love is a biochemical reaction to pheromones and other stimuli that persists for a limited time. The object of romantic love has been placed in our path by chance, and its only goal is the instinctive perpetuation of our genetic material. The process suspends our ability to reason, but the effect is temporary and has no eternal meaning. Falling out of love happens when our biochemistry changes. It sounds very scientific, but who can live with that kind of worldview, that unromantic idea of love. In day-to-day life, most atheists reject their worldview and live as if love is more than just mechanics. The question is what believers ought to believe. Just as God loved us when we were still sinners, a believer's love for a husband or wife transcends materialism. We are spiritual. We're called to love like God loves, sacrificially and without end. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. 
It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking. I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, check the schedule at keyradio.live. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. weather relatively decent for the end of the year as I look at what uh, we've got coming up how about uh, I think 49 for the high today and then we're going to hit some 60s this weekend actually they've uh, bettered the forecast for today Uh, 50 degrees sunshine and clouds mixed a high of 50 clouds and 31 for tonight then get ready for a partly cloudy sky tomorrow High of 60, low of 43, partly cloudy, and 65 on day one of 2023. Showers and thunderstorms likely, and uh, they went ahead and just rounded up. It's now at 100%, so we'll uh, get an opportunity to maybe lose some of that snow that's been kind of hiding in the shadows, those big piles of snow that have been uh, pushed to the ends of parking lots and just sit there. I said the, the the two or three that I saw at the Walmart in Camden, then they'll probably melt by, what, June or July, something like that. <laughs> Partly cloudy and 53 on Tuesday of next week, mostly cloudy, 39 the high on Wednesday, and we get back into 30s and 40s for the rest of next week and into the weekend, it looks like. Uh, some decent uh, weather on Saturday and Sunday next week, but let us enjoy what we have right here in front of us. So many people that I want to thank for 2022. All of you who have supported Key Radio, thank you so very much. Uh, with individual donations and people who have uh, donated over the years as well. Uh, we mentioned Firefly Valley Farms, my good buddy Charlie Wormack, and everybody over at HMI Fireplace Shop. They lost their dog a couple of days ago, but their dog was found. Apparently their dog went out, chased a squirrel, a squirrel in a drain pipe, and then couldn't get out. <laughs> And they found the dog about 24 hours later. Beautiful dog, by the way. And I'm so glad that uh, dog and family have been reunited. Thank you to Adair's Animal Nuisance Control, uh, whether it's uh, raccoons and possums or, I don't know, fleas and ticks, whatever you got. The folks over at Adair's can help you out. Uh, Thank you so much to them for supporting Key Radio. Uh, Skelton Key and Locke, thank you, Ike. Ike is getting ready to begin his journey on Monday as presiding commissioner of Camden County. Uh, Rochelle Grosvenor will be our new prosecuting attorney. Kayla Henry in there at uh, the circuit clerk's office. And a lot of changes coming to county government. And I guess we've got some things going on uh, in city government as well. Uh, something we're going to try and do is reach out to a lot of these city administrators in 2023. Gina Woods, Jeff Hooker, uh, like to talk to the folks. I haven't had anybody on from the city of Eldon for a while. So if you know who their city administrator is in Eldon, tell him he's going to be getting a phone call or she's going to be getting a phone call 
and we'd like to find out what's going on uh, in Eldon. Sunrise Beach, Lori, for sales all around the Lake of the Ozarks. A lot of cool folks and a lot of cool things coming. But thank you to everyone who has supported Key Radio, and certainly thanks to all of you uh, listeners and viewers. And uh, thank you to Bill and Janice LaCasse for opening up their facility to us, allowing us to use the studio here to interview guests and talk about what's going on in the community. The world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Thank you to my uh, radio partner, Mr. Bill Mundhausen, over there. And uh, Bill has been doing a fantastic job. We've got an event lined up for the 26th of January. And what we're going to do is invite the community to come out and, uh, and join us for uh, Key Radio After Hours is what we're calling it. We're going to have a bit of a chilly cook-off. We're going to have a giveaway. We're going to introduce you to some of our local podcasters, Brad Berg, Jim Paisley, Ike Skelton, Matt Burns, and uh, maybe a few others. Uh, Bill and I will have an opportunity to get up and, and speak uh, as well. But it's going to be at the VFW in Camberton on South Business 5 on the 26th, and you'll start hearing more about it here in the coming days on Key Radio. It's just going to be a fun event. We want to get everybody together, kind of familiarize people with what Key Radio is all about. So if you don't know, come out and join us. It uh, will start at 530 if I'm not mistaken, Bill, at the uh, VFW in Camdenton. want to thank them for opening up their doors to us to allow us to uh, bring in some folks. We've got room for at least, uh, what, about 150 people or so, and we'd like to pack the place. And if you are someone who uh, makes a mean pot of chili, well, guess what? Come on out and uh, show it off. It's chili time. And, uh, you know, I used to go to chili cook-offs and judge all the time. And recipes were secret. No one could tell us what was in their chili. It was a secret recipe handed down from generation to generation. And then I noticed people started printing out the recipes and giving copies of their recipes out to people. And I thought that was so cool. What a great idea. And people will still not be able to make it like the person who made it originally. You know, they'll add their own little uh, nuances to it, maybe uh, more of this and less of that, or they'll just throw something in it completely and totally different and make it their own. And that's what's neat about it. So if you are a chili cooker, we are looking for folks to make some chili and enjoy some chili. And the uh, the folks from uh, the serving table, Jacob, uh, he's going to be helping out with that. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll bring him in. I think he's going to make some chili, but... We're just going to have a fun night, community uh, radio, key radio after hours on January the 26th, starting at about 530. I think it's going to probably about be about an hour and a half or so. So we're not asking for a whole lot of your time, but we really want you to come out and uh, check out what's new and exciting with community radio and uh, get involved. Is that doing that again? Low volume? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That should fix the volume problem right there. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Daniel. And uh, Joe Grafman is tuning in. We had Joe on the program, and I'm going to be talking to Joe here uh, probably in the next uh, couple of hours. Joe is going to be a content provider for Key Radio. And I'm excited to hear what Joe is talking about. He is, uh, of course, a young man who's been fishing, getting ready to go pro. 
and he is a fishing guide here on the Lake of the Ozarks. And so uh, we're going to open up uh, a slot for him on Key Radio to talk to you about fishing at the Lake of the Ozarks and, and maybe some other cool places that Joe has fished at as far as, uh, you know, if you're going to be uh, traveling around, maybe down in Florida, when you head down to Florida, so you know what uh, what to look for and how to handle it. So there you go, folks. And, Joe, I appreciate you tuning in. I'll be uh, be looking forward to talking with you here in a little bit, my friend, and getting you all squared away. We've got to some other folks that are working on podcasts. I don't know. Uh, you know James Hodgson from Eldon, the uh, gentleman who carries the cross. He has a uh, a new podcast here on Key Radio. It's called Shepherd's Corner, and uh, it's a, a nice podcast, about 25 minutes long. And so... Uh, you know, you can find out about when all of these podcasts air by going to keyradio.live, and then you can also tune into the program that way, 89.3, keyradio.live, free apps for the iPhones and Android phones, and then, of course, the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera. Yes, indeed, we've, uh, we've got you covered there, so thank you to everyone. A little bit of uh, information. Let's hit you up with some of that. Uh, there's a push to phase out Missouri's personal property tax. And we'll see how it goes during the legislative session, which is uh, set to kick off, what, in about uh, a week and a half? But uh, an unexpected jump this year in personal property tax bills caused by rising used car values is focusing renewed attention on one state lawmaker's proposal to phase out the annual levy on vehicles, boats, and campers. I think it appeals to anybody who owns a vehicle and doesn't like to be punished. This from State Senator Bill Eigel from Weldon Spring in St. Charles County. He is a Republican. Calling the tax a significant burden on working and middle-class people who rely on their vehicles to get to work. But Eigel's plan to force down the personal property tax rate as real property tax revenues rise has uh, long-faced headwinds from local taxing jurisdictions that currently depend on the revenue. For the last two years, the Republican-led Missouri Senate agreed to advance Eigel's plan only after he narrowed the bill to apply just to St. Charles County. Eigel, who is weighing a run for governor in 2024, is betting his call draws support from a wide spectrum of working voters turned off by the tax, but concern over the effect to cities, schools, and fire districts, and their employees persists. While some taxpayers would win under the change, others would end up paying more because the phase-out is tied to increases in real property tax revenue, St. Charles County Assessor Scott Shipman, who is a Republican, by the way. The burden is being shifted to the real estate, he said, if you had higher-valued real estate and lower-valued property, personal property, your real estate's uh, going to see an increase. I guess they've got to get it from somewhere, right? Shipman said people who own a car but no house are currently contributing to the tax burden. If they are no longer required to pay in, that's being made up on the real side, Shipman said. Paying property taxes through one's rent is not direct. Eigel said, he would disagree strongly that his bill is a special gift to renters, adding he's never heard of a landlord not including property taxes into rent charges. Senator Doug Beck, not the Doug Beck here at the lake, uh, the senator is a uh, 
Democrat, South City, South St. Louis County, he said the phase-out would shift the tax burden to lower-income real property owners. Fort Zumwalt Superintendent Bernie DeBray said the district serving 17,000 students depends on budget growth. He said the district opposes Eigel's legislation. It would give us no growth. I think it would be pretty devastating, DeBray said. There's constantly more expenses that school districts are getting. We're in the same hiring crunch that everybody else is. Our teachers are needing to be paid more. He's right. This would stop the growth of revenues over all revenues to his district. He's right about that, and that is my intention, Eigel said. It's a bigger concern for me, the fact that we're charging people for owning a car. This would eliminate an increase in local revenues until the percentage for personal property assessment reaches zero, according to a fiscal note of Eigel's proposal this year. Currently, personal property is assessed at 33.3% of its real value. Local governments then tax that assessed value. Uh, The rate depends on where the taxpayer lives in St. Louis County, for example. Uh, they collect property tax revenues for more than 200 taxing districts, including school districts, fire districts, municipalities, the Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District, and the Zoo System District, each with its own rate. goes on to say in St. Charles County, Shipman said in September that local governments and other taxing entities were expected to see a total increase of more than $22 million this year in personal property tax collections, because of higher used car values. The St. Charles County Council voted to reduce its small share of the overall tax rate. The Fort Zumwalt School District was expected to receive $5.26 million in additional revenue. Francis Howell was poised to collect $4.65 million, with $3.87 million more expected for the Wentzville School District. Shipman said in September the windfall should be offset by lower tax rates, but was unaware this month of any other jurisdictions besides St. Charles County moving to lower tax rates. So what do you think? I've And I've heard a lot of people around here say that we need to do away with uh, personal property tax. And how do people feel about that? Huh. I cranked up the volume, so I'm hoping that you can hear me all right. I don't know why it's doing that. But the volume is 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 cranked. It's peaked. So what do you do uh, as far as this personal property tax? If you do away with personal property tax, how do you feel as though they should make up for it? Because then they just stick it somewhere else in terms of the tax. And people paying more on real estate... And, you know, I had rented for years. And people said, well, you know, you don't contribute enough because you rent. Well, you still pay. Thanks, Floyd. I appreciate that. He says, volume is is great, KB, on my end. Um, But good morning to you, sir, by the way. And thank you for your help with Key Radio, Floyd. Um, Where do we make this up? Is it something that can be made up? Well, because, you know, you buy a piece of property and you feel like, man, 
I, I paid for it once already. I don't need to keep paying for it over and over and over. And I would say that, you know, a lot of people that own cars that live here at the Lake of the Ozarks, cars, trucks, SUVs, whatever, and you don't just pay on, uh, you know, boats and cars and motorcycles and things like that. You pay personal property tax on a lot of different things. If you've seen the form, then you know what I'm talking about, right? But then how do you make that up in terms of schools and fire districts and things along those lines? Do folks that have real estate uh, get, get zapped with a little bit more on their real estate tax? Well, at least Senator Eigel is floating it out there and giving people an opportunity to uh, discuss it, to bring it to the forefront. I saw a quote this morning from Professor Jim Paisley, our true history professor, from Thomas Paine, and they mentioned Common Sense which uh, is a pamphlet, a short book written by Thomas Paine. It was first published on January 10, 1776. Paine wrote the pamphlet to change the minds of people who wanted to peacefully settle their differences with the British government to fight for independence instead. I wonder if we need to get out a copy of Common Sense and dust it off. And maybe some of those principles still apply in this day and age as we the people talk about our government and the government overreach and how so often we want to peacefully settle our differences with the government as opposed to fighting for our independence from the government. And by fighting, I don't mean, you know, guns and bows and arrows and rocks. There are ways to do it. And I don't know, maybe someday we might be having an American revolution all over again. But the pamphlet said that the British government and other European monarchies were tyrannical, meaning they did not acknowledge the rights of people. Paine called the pamphlet common sense because he wrote that it was against common sense for an island to rule a larger nation. Kind of like Washington, D.C. being the island and we are the larger nation. Therefore, the colonies should overthrow the British government. A little thing happened on January the 6th that I wonder if it, you know, made people think uh, a a little bit about the fact that uh, maybe the people are getting sick and tired of what uh, is going on. The pamphlet was one of the best-selling works of the 18th century in America. Thomas Paint wrote in a style that was easy for most people to understand instead of the hard-to-understand writing common in the Enlightenment era. He also uh, referenced the Bible and used idioms that many of the Protestant colonists understood. The document was an important part of the American Revolutionary War. It led to the Declaration of Independence, which the Second Continental Congress wrote and signed into law later that year. Common Sense helped by creating mass support, and it was published in 1776. So thank you, Professor Paisley, for stirring a little something inside of me that made me want to check out uh, what's going on with uh, Thomas Paine and Common Sense. And I wonder, Jim, if you're listening, if that might not be a good opportunity for a history lesson in the future. The pamphlet Common Sense from Thomas Paine, talking about people, uh, you know, not just sitting there and taking it, 
but uh, rising up and doing something about it. Maybe uh, it could certainly lead to something like, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, the state's having more control than the federal government. We've talked plenty about that. And certainly it led to something that is a very important document in this day and age still to this day, the Declaration of Independence. So thank you, Jim. That was great. We're going to take a quick break here at the top of the hour and usher in our good friend, and there he is right there, the one and only Dave Maupin, who will uh, take us on a journey among the dogwoods. He's out there playing with lightning right now. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider with Lake TV, providing local information and in sports. And we certainly appreciate you listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. Business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, December 30th. A 20-year-old Eldon man was killed Wednesday when he was struck by a truck on Business Route 54 in Miller County. According to the Highway Patrol, 35-year-old Corey Dunn was traveling in his 87 Chevrolet truck when he saw George Cook standing in the road. Dunn put on his brakes in an attempt not to hit Cook, but was unable to stop in time. Cook was pronounced dead at Lake Regional Hospital. The number of calls to the Osage Beach Fire Protection District has been on the rise in recent weeks. According to the fire district, the increase of residents is behind the higher than normal calls in the winter months. The departments responded to at least two structure fires, a drowning and multiple vehicle accidents and medical emergencies. The recent cold temperatures were also behind the increase in calls. Frozen pipes were at the top of the call list. Yesterday's 60-degree temps were a welcome change. Missouri has one of the largest deer herds in North America, topping 1 million. According to the Missouri Department of Conservation, Missouri's deer herd has been affected by chronic wasting disease in several counties. There's a new MDC rule that prohibits residents from feeding deer year-round within CWD management zone counties. More information is available at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris. 
Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, last Friday of 2022. Hopefully you've got a great New Year's weekend ahead. There's some work to do for the Chiefs this weekend. They'll be at home against the Broncos Sunday. That's the second-to-last game before the playoffs. They'll finish out the regular season next week on the road against the Raiders. The Chiefs have scored 438 points so far this year, given up 332, so they've outscored their opponents by 106 points. Chiefs have dominated the Broncos with Mahomes at quarterback 10-0 and since Patrick uh, uh, took over that starting quarterback job against Denver. They'll look to keep that going this week. College football getting serious with the bowl games as a national championship semifinals tomorrow. Number two, Michigan against number three, TCU. Michigan, a pretty big favorite in that game. The second national semifinal, number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State, Georgia. Pretty good favorite to win that one as well. College basketball, Mizzou has some time off. Their next game next Wednesday on the road against top 10 Arkansas. And then the MSU Bears will be busy this weekend. They're at home Sunday against Drake. High school basketball on Lake TV. The next game up will be on Tuesday, January 10th. Camdenton at home to Rolla. You can see that game on Lake TV tip-off time right around 7 o'clock. The COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows, and they're all great. And again, don't forget to catch the high school basketball games this winter on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. If you're a member or a prospective member of the Camdenton Chamber of Commerce, you need to check out the Leads Group. That's L-E-A-D-S. It's business professionals meeting on a regular basis for an hour to share experience and referrals. It's a great way for new business owners to network with people in the know over morning coffee. Contact the Camdenton Chamber Office for information at 573-346-2227. Do you or a family member or maybe an employee need help? Encompass Purpose is here for you. Encompass Purpose is a nonprofit solution to wellness. You have a true potential to live up to your healthy mind and healthy body, a happier, more successful existence. We work with individuals and employers to do just that. EncompassPurpose.com, 573-286-5625. And also make sure to tune in to our radio program right here on 89.3 The Key. It's Eldon versus School of the Osage in basketball. The Lake Area Chamber of Commerce, along with the School of the Osage, are proud to partner together once again to host a Winter School of the Osage Community Night on Thursday, February 16, 2023. There will be back-to-back games all at the high school, Varsity Girls at 6 p.m. and Varsity Boys at 7.30 p.m. As part of the event, Lake Area Chamber members are invited to set up a tabletop booth to welcome the community and promote your business at the same time. Contact the Lake Area Chamber today to register your business. Phone 573-964-1008 
or email info at lakeareachamber.com. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Right back here at 908, and we thank you for joining us on the final show of 2022. And it's been a fun run. We've interviewed a a whole lot of very interesting people, and uh, we look to uh, expand on that. As a matter of fact, on Monday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll have my good friend Mr. Bradley Berg and my good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, in. They are having an event out at Encompassed Purpose on the 10th of January, and it involves you. It involves uh, trying to maybe get your life under control a little bit better with things like yoga and meditation. I know two things Dave Maupin is heavily into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's the he's the yoga guru in his neighborhood. But uh, we're going to talk to them on Monday morning about that on Tuesday. We will uh, talk homeschooling with a couple of uh, local ladies that uh, actually homeschool their children. Wednesday, we've got Professor Paisley lined up. Thursday, a very special edition of our uh, program with Mindy Sales. And uh, we'll also be talking with Danny Ellison on Thursday. Tom Abbott from Ozarks Amphitheater is going to join us. I'm looking forward to seeing Tom. Haven't seen him for a while. And uh, we're going to be talking about a fundraiser that Ozarks Amphitheater is going to be involved in. As part of the uh, swinging, the historic swinging bridge in Brumley, of course, we had Marlena Hatmaker on earlier in the week to talk about what was going on with that particular project. A group of people have uh, decided they want to step up, get involved, and try and save the bridge. It's going to cost a lot of money, and uh, so, as is the case, the good folks at Ozarks Amphitheater jumping on board, coming to the rescue to help uh, get the word out and to raise some much-needed funds for this group. On Friday, we'll uh, talk it over with Bev Aylin from Concerned Women for America of Missouri. As we uh, just get, uh, we're just about ready to begin the legislative session in January. And of course, we will have him back to uh, start the brand new year. He is in the studio with us this morning. He is the author of the blog Among the Dogwoods. His name is Dave Malpin. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We didn't see you last week. Uh, we missed you, and uh, we're certainly glad you're back this week. Are you going to do like a year in review kind of thing? Or what, what? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I guess we no, could just talk about stuff like you, we normally do. <laughs> you don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a busy year. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust your mic. Yeah, there you go. Huh? There, perfect, right, right. there. 
so everyone can hear your wonderful speaking voice. Um, so it and it has been a busy year for you, hasn't it? I mean, you've uh, when did now when did you actually start among the dogwoods? When do you remember when the very first installment came out? I want to say it was last year in March. Okay. So 2021, March uh-huh. 2021. And you've been at it ever since. Yeah, I think over over 100 county commission meetings I've written about, uh, different events. And, yeah, so it's been busy. It's been very well received by the people. Yeah, I think I get a lot of readers. I, you know, I know I, a lot of people come up to me and tell me they read it. And Monica runs into people who say, hey, you, Monica Maupin, you Dave Maupin's wife, the guy who has that blog. Yeah. <laughs> so. And she's always like, is this person going to be for it or again it? Like, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if I want to admit to this. There, you, you, you get a lot of that, Monica. I'm sure you do. Oh, you're Dave's wife. No, my name is Monica. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, she's just, she's just not never sure if they're going to be pro or con <laughs> what I'm doing. When somebody asks me, hey, are you KB? And I first, the first question out of my mouth is, do I owe you money? That's right. And if they say no, then we continue on with the conversation. If they say yes, I'm looking around for a hasty retreat. Yeah, I think the advantage before we had the camera was, you know, you had, I had relative anonymity. You know, they, they didn't really know what I looked like, so right. I wouldn't have anybody walking up to me and saying, hey, you wrote this or whatever. Well, I, I, was, I didn't do it this time around, but I'll do it next time. Um, a lot of my regular guests I have pictures of. I took a picture of you in the studio. And so when I pr- promote the shows, I try to put their pictures up. Like yeah. I put Ike's picture up and Professor Paisley's picture up and Mindy's picture up. and That might discourage listeners. I doubt it. I don't think so. Not at all. So it is uh, the final show of 2022. And uh, what do you have on your agenda for this morning, sir? Well, we got a December 27 million of the uh, Camden County Commission. And, you know, these are the last ones. Like we mentioned, a lot of stuff happened this year. Uh, we had an election. So we have a, we're going to have a new presiding commissioner coming in. And uh, Greg Hasey is going to be leaving. We also have a new prosecutor. So uh, the other interesting thing was I got to attend both of their swearing-ins. Swearing-ins? Swearing-ins? Whatever. And uh, As long as it's in and not at. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably some of those too, but uh, yeah, so that was good. So yeah, this is going to be a big change. We'll see how uh, 2023 goes as far as the commission and, and politics in Camden County, but I'm sure I'll still have plenty of stuff to write about. So, um, you know, sometimes you, my, my, uh, my opinion was like, yeah, I mean, if, if Greg Hasty gets reelected, that'll still be a great year for writing for me. So either way I was, I was, it was a win-win election for me, regardless of which way it went. The uh, 27th, December 27th meeting, the, when I came in, they were talking about this uh, opioid settlement. Right. So I, I guess there was a whole bunch of counties that signed on to this big lawsuit uh, against a, a pharmaceutical company. And so I think there's going to be several more of these. I think it's, it's coming around where uh, you know, each company is going to get its turn getting sued for the way they handled uh, you know, the prescription drugs and Vicodin and all that stuff, how they were marketing uh, whether they were red flagging suspicious sales of those products, you know, kind of they were making a ton of money off selling all these uh, pharmaceuticals that had opiates in them. And so now they're the chickens are coming home to roost on that as right. far as lawsuits. So it sounds like in this deal that we're going to be getting about one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year for the next 18 years off this lawsuit. So it's just one of a few settlements we might see coming in down the road. Uh and while that sounds like a lot of money, I mean, when you really look at the costs that these communities have, have had to pay uh, for for such widespread availability of 
of dangerous prescription drugs to people where they could be abused, uh, it's probably just a drop in the bucket, you know, as far as now our deputies have to carry Narcan everywhere they go. Right. And then it's like the number one thing that a deputy needs to know how to use, it seems like, is how to apply Narcan. So back when I was a cop, uh, there was no Narcan. We, we didn't see, we maybe would see heroin, like for people who would inject heroin, but, but there was no issues with uh, prescription drug abuse or anything like that. That was never something we really ran CPR into. and rescue breathing. Yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, while we're getting money from these settlements, I guarantee we've spent way more as far as resources, hospital resources, uh, addictions, drug courts, all that stuff that we've had to, to develop and, and spend resources on to deal with the problem. So, But we're getting some money, so that's good. Uh, the next thing, we had three people appointed to the SB40 board. Mm-hmm. So the SB40 board is uh, it's kind of like a... Like, it's a development disability resources. I guess they passed SB 40 and that gives, allows counties to set up these boards that then they, they can use that money to like provide services to people who have developmental disabilities. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I wasn't, um, I have heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got a building out. I think that's where they're doing the planning and zoning. Um, I think that's where they're doing the planning and zoning meetings too now, but, but yeah, good cause money going to that. So that was three people on that board. Um, Bid came in for flyover imaging for the GIS system. Right. You know, some people think Marty McGuire might be drawing those maps by hand that are in the <laughs> GIS. Nope, not true. Apparently, someone's actually photographing all those things, uh, and and it's obviously important for them to to keep it up to date so they can. I mean, it's, I think it's kind of nice that we have access to that at a county level. Like where I lived before, you couldn't just uh, get really good maps like that to look and see who owns property just by going online. It's pretty convenient, I'm sure, for realtors or if you were just like, hey, I wonder who owns the property next to my house. You can get on GIS and click on it and see who has that property. And and there's uh, maps available yeah, through the county to, to see all of that, and it's uh, rather well-maintained. Yeah, and, and like we've talked about before on the tax sale, they'll have a, a, a layer where you can just click tax sale, and it'll show you all the different properties that are coming up for the tax sale. Right. So you can be like, oh, wow, that property I was looking at for a couple couple years actually is available now for a tax sale. So I think that's a pretty good system. So uh, one company bid 167000 Uh The company that did it last year built 107000 bid that much. So uh, the assessor's office wants to go with the one that did it previously for 107000 Right. So this is why we do multiple bids, right? This is why we don't have one bid. Because here you had one that was $60,000 more than the other one. So there you go, folks. This was just two. This, we only had two bits on this one. It looks like we saved sixty grand. Well, that's a uh, that's a nice chunk of change you can utilize for something else. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I don't think they're really aggressive about it. I don't know that they're going through. And you know, I think people maybe get uh, paranoid that the government is trying to look and see what you're building on your land, and are they going to say, "Oh, he built this new building there, and we didn't know about that one." I get the feeling that our our tax assessor's office is not really proactive about it. I mean, mean, in a good way. They're not uh, going out and looking for issues as much as, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of their policy. It was kind of the way uh, planning and zoning was back in L.A. where they wouldn't actually drive around looking for planning and zoning violations. They would respond to complaints about stuff. It's not what's on the land, it's the land itself. Yeah, and so I guess if, I don't get the impression that they're using this uh, these flyover imaging to try to seek out issues 
like be like, oh, we see a new building on this property. Let's go out there and assess that. Exactly. So uh could be wrong but i think that's how it is uh <laughs> then the uh, sewer district always the brighter side with dave <laughs> sewer di- well you could i could always be wrong that's that's probably what i should put on the page of my blog uh the uh, sewer board uh basically has two new contracts they have a accounting contract uh, it's the fifth year of the contract so each year they, they basically renew the first year then they renew the second year right. and each time there's a chance for the person to ask for a five percent uh, raise to what they're they're charging. Uh, accurate accounting. They recommended they renew the fifth year. Uh, interestingly, accurate accounting did not ask for a five percent raise, but I guess the sewer board thought they were doing such a good job that they decided to give them a five percent raise. So that's going to be twenty one grand mm-hmm. for administrative and basically doing their accounting. Um, and then uh, Parker Construction. Uh, he's in his fifth year working on the the sewer districts. He's He's requesting a five percent raise, and he's it's going to go to one thirty nine six fifty, and that's uh, so almost one hundred forty thousand dollars. And I've heard him talk about what he does at these sewer districts, and I think that is uh, money that is going to a, a good cause. Money well spent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless somebody else wants to run around there and fix all those sewer problems uh, for less than that. Not a fun job. Yeah. He's he's pretty enthusiastic about it. He's a very funny guy to listen to, too, Alan Parker, when he talks about it. So uh, I wish he'd come to where me. Of course, he couldn't come to this one. I was disappointed because he was driving up to the sewer district to fix something. <laughs> so, Imagine that. <laughs> so uh, both of those were approved. And then the final agenda item was Vergy. And we talked a little bit about that with Icon Wednesday. Yeah, no one came. Verigy was not there. Uh-huh. I think um, I had heard that they looked at the videos of the meeting, big meeting that happened, and I get the feeling that they just don't want to be part of that scene any any longer. Uh, but do you think it makes sense, though, for them to have somebody show up and just represent Verigy? You might take a bit of a beating at the meeting. A beating at the meeting. Um, but at least it's more of a, a show of good faith from the company, like him or not, at least somebody takes the time to show up and represent. And yeah, you're probably going to get an earful uh, from a lot of different people on a lot of different things. And people are going to have questions about, you know, when did this all start? Did it start back in February of this year? Uh, you wrote the bid and then you were able to secure the bid. Uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things, and I would say that this would just be a good opportunity for people to uh, take their medicine, if you will. Yeah, I just, I I can't speak for them, but I would say that maybe they weren't happy with the way they came out looking at some of the meetings. And so that's, again, though, that's advantage of having a public meeting. Yeah. You, know, you, get go, you get to air all the dirty laundry and then for whatever it's worth. So now it appears that... The county is going to uh, most likely sign the three change orders that were that where work has already been done um, when they did some work on one of the rental properties that they were going to go into. Uh, they put a new HVAC unit out at one of those uh, temporary locations right. and the uh, the extra sewer line. So the county is going to agree to sign off on those change orders, work that's already been performed. Um, the trade-off will be... They uh, are the Vergy is going to do the the repiping of all the cast iron pipe and galvanized pipe in the courthouse, mm-hmm. and as a result, they're going to be able to push the the, the county's not going to have an issue with the fact that they're pushing the completion date back to I believe it was March twentieth. Yes. So. Yes. So yeah, 
I mean, that's a good compromise that was negotiated, I think, by the commission. So, I mean, you had to fix the pipes, I think. I, I don't think that's something you'd want to deal with the yeah. way that sometimes those things are dealt with, much like a lot of people dealt with pipes during the cold weather. Right. That's not the way you want to find out about it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so that, but so we'll finish up with that because I want to talk about that issue too. But, uh, yeah. So that was basically it. That was the, the whole gist of the meeting that had come out. Uh, then we had a meeting on Thursday and, and the main thing that happened at that meeting was just, they signed the change orders mm -hmm. three change orders. And then they basically agreed to that arrangement with Verigi where they're going to do the plumbing. And the, then the commission got a check from the opioid settlement. And I think some of the judges came down, uh, who handled veterans court and drug court. So they were there. And so they, they, they had a giant, the giant novelty check. Which I don't know. I don't know. It made it look more like a like a sweepstakes winner. You know? Here comes Ed McMahon or Dick Clark to your house to uh, award you the check. Yeah, the check was a lot. I think that was a little bit too much. Like I don't think we need to do that. I'm hoping we don't do that every time we get a check from the opioid settlement. Right. But I I get what they're trying to say. But they did seem to me I had to like roll my eyes a little bit about this. Well, maybe giant that's check. that's for print media. Yeah. I so when they take a picture and they put it in the newspaper, or you know, somebody puts it on their uh, uh, their website, uh, one of the news outlets puts it on their website. They've got you know, you can actually see what the check says to some degree. You can maybe yeah. zoom in on it a little bit. Maybe. I think you're being uh, nice, but that's fine. No, I. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was it. Uh, that was it for that. But yeah. So the cold weather. Uh, I have now terrified that I'm going to have burst pipes in my house based on everything I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, from people. I already had this happen once at my house, but that's because I was a moron and I forgot to take a hose off an outside bib, uh, which then I had to learn is a bad thing in the wintertime. Now, in my defense, I had taken it off and then I put it back on when it warmed up to do something and then right. I forgot to take it off again. And then uh, I had a, I had a, a pipe burst on that bib. But so I was pretty confident that if uh, I didn't keep hoses attached to the outside mm. bibs, I would be safe. So, like, I, are these pipes bursting because people lose power and then their house starts to get too cold? It, I think it genuinely depends on uh, I mean, maybe we need to bring a plumber in. Do we need a plumber on the Well, now, I know a lot of people that don't have, uh, like, say, a, a basement. If they have a crawl space, uh, okay. those, those pipes are subject to, obviously, much colder conditions than if you have pipes running through your house. My next-door neighbor, well... We didn't have water for about four days uh, when the power went out and then everything froze up. The people who are in charge of supplying us with our water, uh, they now, – now, see, this is an interesting dilemma. I understand that the well froze up. Right. See, this is another thing I was going to ask you about, the whole well house thing. But I also understand that a lot of people that live here have wells, and they know when the bad weather is coming, so they put a heater in the well house. Right. Now, if you lose power, you might lose power to the heater, but if you have a generator, then you could plug the heater into the generator. And so, as somebody who went without water for about four days, I would think that a company, and I don't know if we'll see any significant difference in our bill when it comes, uh, maybe based on the amount of gallons of water used because we didn't have water for, you know, three, four days, if, if it'll be noticeable when we go to pay it, I'm sure they're going to want their payment on time. You know, that, that, that's 
you better pay your bill. Right. But you knew that this weather was coming, and you knew what the potential for power outages might be with the cold weather. And so, I, you know, there, there's a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things factor into this, Dave. See, I have a basement, so I'm. I'm I, I do too. Be, I should be relatively safe yeah. when it gets cold. Again, like I'm not saying I'm an expert on this, but yeah, I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. Uh, but yeah, I could get that to where it's going to freeze. And I was seeing where people were talking about whether they would put heat lamps versus heaters, right? Because the heaters, I guess, use a lot, lot more power. Heat lamps maybe are a little bit more efficient at heating up the well house. Sure. But I don't have a well house, so that wasn't really an issue for me. I guess it's whatever steps you decided to take, and and people who have lived here for any amount of time know what steps to take. I think in most cases, people who are on wells know what steps to take. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is I look at the fact that we lost electricity on Thursday night and it was somebody's job to go out and find the problem and fix it. And so the people that they had at Ameren, uh, that's their job. That's what they do. So they braved the elements and went out and fixed the problem. Now, uh, you know, portions of Osage Beach were without power and there were other parts of the area that were without power. But I think Considering the conditions and the time that it took them to restore the power, in most cases, I know that there were people without power for a few days. Uh, you know, I think Hammerin did a, a a very awesome job at that. Now, you may agree or disagree depending on whether or not you had power, much like whether or not you had water. And so I don't – I think it's six and one half dozen of another when it comes to this because of the fact that you – What's more important, power or water? Uh, If you can't shower, well, I think water becomes a little bit more important because you can always put more clothes on, and you can always possibly purchase a generator. And and, and I don't mean go out the day that your power goes out and buy it then because you're going to go to the store, and in most cases, they'll be without generators. I've seen this happen plenty of times where people know there's bad weather coming, so they plan ahead, they go out and buy a generator, and the day of the weather event, you go to, you know, your local hardware store and they don't have any generators. Well, you're not going to die of not showering though. This is true. I mean, like in Buffalo, I don't think many people died because they didn't shower for five days. This is true. I mean, you might kill somebody else by not showering, but like just the smell might just be too much. I guess it's whatever you consider as far as your list of priorities. Power more important? Water more important? It, it depends considering the circumstances. Well, it always kills me like on a similar note where like my cable goes out and yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not getting charged for this day of cable by the cable company. Wrong. going to see a big discount. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Now that, I, I know for a fact that doesn't work that way uh, for personal experience. But, you know, uh, again, a lot of, I noticed a lot of people were posting on Facebook and social media in general about having busted pipes. Uh, so uh, hopefully. So that's, a, that's oper- a crawl space. That's more of a crawl space thing. Usually. Uh, now, it could have been inside because our next door neighbor, but they left and went uh, uh, to visit family or friends. And their house was basically, you know, they lost they lost power. Okay, so question then. Uh-huh. When you leave on a trip, do you turn off the water in your main? Do you turn off the water in your house? It depends on how long we're going to be gone, and it depends on the conditions. Okay. So if it is, 
if it was a and again that kind of depends on I, I don't think a lot of people probably do that see I we had friends that happened to and they were gone for like four days and yeah. their house was destroyed because they're basically they got back and it right. was, they weren't back in that house for a year when the neighbor came home he said his garage was flooded so obviously they didn't turn off the water and then it warmed up and then everything you know melted and so he had a garage full of uh, water yeah I turn off the water do you? Yeah, just because I got too paranoid that something's going to happen. And I unhooked my my soft water softener. Unplug it. Not a bad idea. 931, we'll step aside and talk more with Dave Maupin, and we'll take your phone calls at 573-633-5395, 573-633-5395. If you'd like to talk to Dave, maybe... Uh, plumbing? Th- we want to talk about uh, any plumbing uh, issues? Plumbing would be great. <laughs> Because uh, I, I'll tell you off the air about a little plumbing issue I had. It wasn't really plumbing, uh, but it did involve shutting off the water. Okay. Uh, 931, we'll hear from uh, Stacey Johnson with LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider with Lake TV, and more of this final show for 2022, The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, December 30th. A 20-year-old Eldon man was killed Wednesday when he was struck by a truck on Business Route 54 in Miller County. According to Highway Patrol, 35-year-old Corey Dunn was traveling in his 87 Chevrolet truck when he saw George Cook standing in the road. Dunn put on his brakes in an attempt not to hit Cook, but was unable to stop in time. Cook was pronounced dead at Lake Regional Hospital. The number of calls to the Osage Beach Fire Protection District has been on the rise in recent weeks. According to the fire district, the increase of residents is behind the higher than normal calls in the winter months. The departments responded to at least two structure fires, a drowning and multiple vehicle accidents and medical emergencies. The recent cold temperatures were also behind the increase in calls. Frozen pipes were at the top of the call list. Yesterday's 60-degree temps were a welcome change. Missouri has one of the largest deer herds in North America, topping 1 million. According to the Missouri Department of Conservation, Missouri's deer herd has been affected by chronic wasting disease in several counties. There's a new MDC rule that prohibits residents from feeding deer year-round within CWD management zone counties. More information is available at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573-378-8739. I'm Chris 
Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday, last Friday of 2022. Hopefully you've got a great New Year's weekend ahead. There's some work to do for the Chiefs this weekend. They'll be at home against the Broncos Sunday. That's the second-to-last game before the playoffs. They'll finish out the regular season next week on the road against the Raiders. The Chiefs have scored 438 points so far this year, given up 332, so they've outscored their opponents by 106 points. Chiefs have dominated the Broncos with Mahomes at quarterback 10-0 and since Patrick uh, uh, took over that starting quarterback job against Denver. They'll look to keep that going this week. College football getting serious with the bowl games as a national championship semifinals tomorrow. Number two, Michigan against number three, TCU. Michigan, a pretty big favorite in that game. The second national semifinal, number one, Georgia against number four, Ohio State, Georgia. A pretty good favorite to win that one as well. College basketball, Mizzou has some time off. Their next game next Wednesday on the road against Top 10 Arkansas. And then the MSU Bears will be busy this weekend. They're at home Sunday against Drake. High school basketball on Lake TV, the next game up, will be on Tuesday, January 10th. Camdenton at home to Rolla. You can see that game on Lake TV, tip-off time right around 7 o'clock, the COMC pregame show about 10 minutes before tip-off. Lake TV bringing you five local Lake Area shows, and they're all great. And again, don't forget to catch the high school basketball games this winter on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, Roku, Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Here's how one evolutionary materialist defined love. Romantic love is a biochemical reaction to pheromones and other stimuli that persists for a limited time. The object of romantic love has been placed in our path by chance, and its only goal is the instinctive perpetuation of our genetic material. The process suspends our ability to reason, but the effect is temporary and has no eternal meaning. Falling out of love happens when our biochemistry changes. It sounds very scientific, but who can live with that kind of worldview, that unromantic idea of love. In day-to-day life, most atheists reject their worldview and live as if love is more than just mechanics. The question is what believers ought to believe. Just as God loved us when we were still sinners, a believer's love for a husband or wife transcends materialism. We are spiritual. We're called to love like God loves, sacrificially and without end. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. 
Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking. I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, check the schedule at keyradio.live. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. Self-promoter, promoting himself and his show. But, uh, hey, that's something you have to do when you uh, you don't have a voice guy doing the liner and the imaging work for you. Yeah, that's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone, make sure you read Among the Dogwoods. It's a blog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's not busy writing his blog. He's doing stand-up at, right. uh, at local uh, at local high schools, but he doesn't come in. <laughs> local high schools? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't dress and drag and come to the library, the school library, and read to your kids. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. I don't even know how to respond. I'm, I'm, I don't do any of that stuff, folks. Nope. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's 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 got it. He's got it all together here. Dave Moppin is our guest, and we've had uh, an interesting ride with Dave over the uh, last year with some of the things going on. And I uh, don't know exactly where you wanted to pick up the conversation after the break. Yeah, I got some stories I can tell because I think people aren't really coming to, to listen to me talk about plumbing issues, or getting plumbing advice. The, the, Anybody we, we, out there that would like to call in and discuss plumbing, feel we free. Could, we, no, please don't. Uh, we could do an episode called Bad Plumbing Advice. I could probably give a lot of stuff. I just gave uh, Dave a, a plumbing story, a, a semi-plumbing story. It wasn't as much about plumbing. As it was Delta remembering to turn off the water, right? right. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I've got a couple ones I can talk about. This is uh, when I was at uh, an LAPD officer. I was at Van Nuys Station. I was assigned to Van Nuys. So Van Nuys, LAPD had at the time like 21 police stations, police divisions. Wow. So Van Nuys was one that was in the center of the San Fernando Valley. And uh, we had a, a juvenile room which is, it would make sense to people that when you arrest a juvenile, you're not going to take the juvenile and throw them in the booking room with a bunch of hardened veterano 
25 year old uh, Barrio Van Nuys gangsters, you know, the, the kids under 18, you got to kind of handle them differently. Mm-hmm. And so we had like a little bench up in detectives and there was a room where we would put them like if you we, we weren't supposed to keep them handcuffed for a very long period of time. So eventually what you do is once you'd gotten all the information, maybe called their parents, you would put them in this room and it was a, a room that was full of boxes all along the walls. And so it was, it was a bit pretty packed room. And they'd been using the room for like 20 years. And it was just one door in, you lock the door, and the kid would basically just sit in this room. And you'd wait maybe to, if you wanted to question him, or maybe you were going to wait for the parents to get there before you question him. So uh, I was, uh, one of my guys, the guys that I went to the academy with, his name's Fletcher, uh, he went up there one day and, uh, you know, he went and put a juvenile in the room. And, you know, there's boxes all up against the walls. And, he locks the door and logs in when he put the kid in there, and then he sits down at the detective's desk and starts writing his report because we could use their their desks when they weren't there, so we would use the computer to write it up. And so 20 minutes later, Fletcher goes back into the ju- the juvenile detention room, unlocks the door, opens it up, and the kid's gone. What? And he looks, and where all the boxes are always piled up against the wall, somebody unpiled them, and there's actually a door behind there. <laughs> And no one, the boxes had been there for like 20 years to where no one realized that there was actually a door that uh-huh. led into a hallway just in the middle of the detective. So apparently the kid just got up and started walking around the room, moving boxes around and um, said, oh my gosh, there's a door behind here. Just opened the door and then just walked out and walked out the station, called someone. So Fletcher freaks out because he just lost a prisoner. His prisoner has basically escaped from... It's the first juvenile to escape from Van Nuys Station in the history of the station. Because apparently no one ever looked behind the pile of boxes. Right. There was a door there. Uh, so Fletcher's running around, and he sees the kid on the street just in time for a buddy. And, and Van Nuys Station was right in the middle of uh, Barrio Van Nuys uh, gang territory. So it was like a, maybe a eight-square-block area of, of their Fort territory. Apache, the Bronx? Yeah, I guess... I don't know why they built the station right in the middle of Barrio. Maybe it's, if it was for their convenience or for our convenience because we could just release them and they could just walk home. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this this car is pulling up as Fletcher sees it, and the kid jumps in the car and takes off. Uh-huh. So Fletcher then did something, and he's on probation at this point. He's probably been on like six months. He did something that you may have seen in the movies, but I have never actually seen a police officer do. Uh, he flags down a civilian car and commandeers their car and starts chasing the kid. And he's on probation. His training officer is listening as Fletcher's like, okay, I have a car now. I'm driving. So the training officer gets on the radio, and you can do car-to-car with our radio. Right. And so F- his training officer is like, Fletcher, stop. Get out of the car. Don't do it. Like He's trying to stop him because you are not authorized. You might see that in the in the movies and stuff where you would jump into a car and say, I'm going to take your car. I need it for... You don't actually do that. That's, <laughs> that's not something you're actually supposed to So I don't know whether Fletcher went temporarily insane or he was so embarrassed by the fact that the juvenile had, uh, had uh, escaped through this secret doorway that no one knew about. Uh, but he starts chasing the the two of them in a, a civilian's car. So he's not even in a police car. He's now in uniform driving someone's car, chasing after him. Why did he not get a police car? Well, he was because he, he was out on foot looking for oh, the kid. Oh, I see. And his car is, like, his. I think his training officer might have had the keys because his training officer is basically doing the, some of the paperwork downstairs. And when you say he's on probation, that is a period that you go through regardless. It wasn't because he lost his... No, prison. yeah. So we had, a, we had an eight-month 
police academy. And then when you got out of the police academy, you were on probation for a year. Right. So your first six months, you worked with a training officer. Uh, your final six months, you worked with a regular police officer, like a we call them P2 police officers. But uh -huh. so that's who you. So so Fletcher's on training. Um, his his training officer is not next to him where he can physically reach out and stop Fletcher from doing what he's doing. But he's begging him on the radio to terminate this pursuit. So, yeah, Fletcher did eventually terminate it, but it was just, I thought it was very funny, like, the whole idea that I know I've booked probably at least 20 juveniles in that room, and it never once occurred to me to move the boxes and see if there was actually a door behind there. Apparently it didn't, uh, it didn't occur to them either. Yeah, pursuits can be embarrassing. Like, there's always that weird thing where it's, I've seen it happen to several officers where you hop out to chase somebody, you start running after them, and, you know, when it's quick and it's a pursuit, we didn't have, like, keyless fobs and stuff we had keys and so you just and so you're driving your car and it's lights and sirens when that pursuit stops everyone's jumping out the guy takes off you you chase him you're not really going to run back and get the keys out of your car uh the first thing you would usually hear when a pursuit was terminated or when they caught the guy you'd hear an officer going hey can someone go back to my unit and turn it off and grab the keys because you know there's like three cars back there running full lights and sirens that are just completely open where some homeless guy could just hop in and drive off <laughs> but what happens sometimes and i've seen this maybe two or three times you start chasing the guy on foot and it's a long chase okay right. We run to this corner, and you're broadcasting. You're like, 9, I'm 24. Uh, uh, I'm on foot. Now I'm eastbound Victory Boulevard. And so then he takes another right turn. Okay, now I'm southbound. To, okay, now I'm, he takes another right turn. Now you're westbound, and you realize he's running back to my police car. You're now chasing the bad guy to your car. Bad guy runs in, hops in your car, and drives off. At least three times I've seen that happen on foot pursuits. Wow. Where, so now the problem for the officer becomes the guy has all your stuff your snacks, your reports, like uh, your your AR might be sitting locked in the, in the, I mean, he's now grabbed the police car. So we had one where that happened and the guy drove and it turned into a long pursuit. And I could only imagine uh, how horrible it must've been for the officer. Cause now you hop in the car and now you're part of the pursuit. Maybe you're in your partner's car and he's driving you, but you're like, Oh my gosh, I please let this pursuit end. Yeah. Like you're like, just let it be over. Cause it's so embarrassing. Even though you really didn't do anything wrong, but you feel like he's got my stuff. He's driving my car around. You know, all the other officers on your shift are just laughing at you. I and mean, it's going to be a big, big story. Uh, you're going to hear about it in roll call for months, probably. Um, so we had one, it ended up going downtown. Then the guy crashed the police car. Then he climbed up, I think he climbed up on the Hall of Justice or one of these buildings. So now he's up on the roof threatening to jump. So now they have to call. So it's like this poor cop, not only was it a pursuit, now it's turned into like a standoff. So now it's like hours and hours. And he's just, he just wants the whole thing to be over with so he can just go home <laughs> and just take his uniform off and go to bed. Yeah. You know, but it's just like the guy will not surrender. The guy's threatening to jump. They're trying to bring out like the fire department. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's bad. That can happen to you. I've had that. It's, it, it's easy to happen because you, you are jumping out of the car. Uh, quickly to try to get, I mean, I've had it happen on the traffic stop where I jump out so quickly to try to, to go up and talk to someone as I'm walking up to the car, I realize my car starts rolling. It's, in gear. <laughs> then you gotta, it's really embarrassing. Like then you got to run back all of a sudden, put it back in park. And usually then I would go back up to the driver and be like, you can go. I'm not even gonna write your ticket. Like, yeah. Just don't tell anybody you saw that happen. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's people don't think about that part. But that it is terrifying thinking that the guy is actually between you and your police car. Well, now I'm just going to ask a question because I don't know. Uh, how tough would it be to put the car in gear, shut it off, grab the keys? It seems like it would just take a, a second, and then you're out the door. And, and I don't know why it just it seemed to constantly be a thing that would happen because you're you're so quick to get maybe out. You of don't the car. lock the door, but at least the motor isn't running, and someone has access to your vehicle. We were so quick to get out of the cars a lot of times that it just it just constantly happened. You know, it was some because one of the things is you know your first priority is not getting killed. Like the guy stops the car, your first thought is he's getting out of the car. He's going to draw a gun and maybe he's going to shoot it out with us. Yeah. You don't want to be messing around with your car trying to put it in park and ter- get the keys out. Meanwhile, now he's got rounds coming down range. With us, we were trained to get out of the cars. Those doors fly open and we are out. Yeah. Guns out, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Um, the problem is then when the guy runs, there's that rabbit and dog <laughs> instinct where you just run after him too you know it's just and we were always supposed to clear the car as you're running make sure there's not a second guy in the car is gonna most of the time guys just flew past that car <laughs> they're in full full speed pursuit on foot of the guy so so you don't want him to have that much of a jump on you is what you're saying yeah and right especially if you just got done let's say eating burritos or tacos for lunch well, and I think also there's, you don't want him to throw, to get rid of evidence. I mean, there's a reason why he didn't stop, uh, whether it's dope or he has a gun on him or something like that. So uh, if you let him get out of sight, that's usually when you end up catching somebody who's completely clean. Yeah. Because you know there were about 15 backyards that he ran past. And he's, he's, I had one guy I was chasing and he was throwing stuff out like, you know, I don't know, like the Easter bunny on Easter, <laughs> like trying to baggies and stuff. And just like every 10 feet he was tossing stuff into yards, like delivering the mail. Yeah. But it's all we had to go and go back and try to find. But because I was close enough, I could see him doing it. So I was like, no, no, check these yards because I saw him throw stuff there. And then we find. Lottie asks, why do police officers wear tactical gear? Why not wear a uniform? I think some of it's just for practicality, like from comfort. Like, well, when I was on, we weren't, we didn't have all the, now I see a lot of people wear the over vests and stuff instead yeah. of the uniforms. When I was LAPD, we had like wool uniforms that we wore. In the summer. Yeah, they they let us wear short sleeves. That was the big for a while. You couldn't wear short sleeves in LAPD until the temperature reached a certain temperature, and then they would announce it, and then everyone could put on their short sleeves. But but yeah, we were more uniform. I know that a lot more departments are going to tactical gear instead of or more instead of wool uniforms. They're going to more like a you know more of a utility. Type. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Though I'll tell you, wearing the the vests is way more comfortable than wearing a uniform with a shirt and having the belt and all that stuff because you have pouches and stuff. It was tough when everything's on your waist. Yeah. Because also people will be like, hey, how come uh, that cop can't chase that guy? Like the suspect ran off and, and uh, the cop's chasing him. Why can't he? These guys are supposed to be in shape. Well, you're, you're carrying like 35 pounds of gear. And the suspect has a bag of dope and maybe a gun in his waistband or something. He's probably focused more on trying to hold his pants up than anything else. You have too much stuff on your belt. Like, your pants are secure, but you've got all that weight there. You just wish you could, like, hit, like, a little button and the belt would drop away. But, you know, you've got your gun and your all your uh, and the magazines. Vest, and and... we got the vest on. And it's, it's it's a lot to carry. Well, now you, you see, yeah, a lot of officers wear the... Uh, vest over the uniform, mm-hmm. and it's they've got the cameras mounted to the front of them now. Right, and and that's something I'm seeing more of. Uh, you know, they've got the camera actually right there on them, rather than on the dashboard of the vehicle. And then, of course, 
do you have an, and I don't know how it is today, but did they issue you a specific weapon or were you allowed to purchase something or, and they, and they, you know, reimbursed you for it as far as the the type of a firearm that you'd like to carry as a sidearm? That depends on the department. I think uh, larger departments tend to, it's a liability issue. Like, and also for a larger department, they, larger departments tend to do more of a basic issue. Like LAPD, we had Berettas and then we went to the Glocks. Um, and that way they can standardize training for everyone and they can standardize equipment. You know, everyone has the same. The other advantage too of having a department where every guy has the same gun. If I run low on ammo, my buddy can loan me a magazine from yeah. his Glock and I can use it with my Glock, That's right? True. So you can, you have that interchangeability. Everyone, guy can run to my car, get a rifle out of my car. He knows how to use that rifle because it's an LAPD AR-15 or whatever. It's the same thing that we all have. Uh, when you have guys using all sorts of different guns, then you don't have that kind of interchangeability. Uh, but Tackleberry my, shows up at uh, Police Academy with the three fifty seven. Right. Yeah. So my department was pretty loose. My, LAPD was strict about it. Uh, my department was, uh, after, when I went to the DA's office, was much looser about what we could carry. Um, but probably because LAPD did a lot more shooting than like in uh, on the street right. <laughs> than my department did as a detective thing. But, uh, you know, we actually had to go to a, even had to go to a 45 school. If you wanted to carry the 45 in LAPD, you had to go to a 45 school, which I never understood. But in fact, when I went to Ventura, they uh, they said, well, what do you want to carry, the 45 or the 9 mil? And I'm like, well, do I have to go to a 45 school to carry the 45? They're like, what are you talking about? No, just take it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just you pick. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take the 45. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that tends to be how that works as far as guns and 45's got a little bit more open and yeah uh, it, 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 i think they're a little bit more accurate well i don't know accuracy i think has a lot more to do with the, the person who's using the gun but uh i think for the 45 the argument a lot of times for some 45s is that they don't have as much magazine capacity right. as nine mils you know you usually get like 15 plus one or something in a nine mil where though i carried a, a glock 21 and that was I believe 13 plus one for 45. So that was pretty good. But as a detective, you couldn't wear it because it was too big. You couldn't keep it concealed. So I'd wear it for search warrants, stuff like that. Very nice. Yes. So that, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I got. Uh, That was the, oh yeah. So there were a couple, uh, we, we, we've, I'm not answering any of the questions. I don't know if anybody else is posting stuff, but um, the, one of the things that I did when I was at the DA's office that was kind of interesting is we had planning and zoning just like they have it here. Right. Uh, now, L.A. County is a little bit different when it comes to planning and zoning. Uh, we actually had a L.A. County deputy murdered while doing a zoning inspection up in Antelope Valley. Antelope Valley is what's called the high desert in L.A. County. Right. So L.A. County is interesting. 15 million people probably live in the county. And then we've got all the way from the high desert down to Malibu. Right. Like as far as you can be on the beach, on the shore, out in the suburbs, or the high desert is straight desert. And we have, uh, that's where we have people we call the desert people who live up there, like out in the middle of nowhere in uh, RVs or stuff like that. No water, no plumbing. And so uh, it got so bad up there that, uh, like, that, like I said, they murdered this deputy. He'd gone out to check on someone's property to see if they, they had a camper or something they weren't supposed to have on there. Right. And uh, the guy ended up shooting him. And then I think he ended up tying his legs up and dragging his body all around the town. He was the resident deputy for that town. So after that, the inspectors were kind of like, yeah, I don't know if we want to go out to these properties. Like, we don't even have guns. And they, this guy just killed. Because these people did not like being told what to do with their property. You know, like most people, right. I think so. Uh, so we ended up having to set up teams that would actually go out with the, the planning and zoning inspectors. 
and we'd wear body armor. And I was the sergeant of the North team that used to handle all the high desert stuff. And so the interesting thing that happened in the high desert was all the Section 8 people, because uh, when the aerospace collapsed out the, up there, right. suddenly all the housing values tanked. That used to be where they, they built the, the space shuttle. They had all those, those types of uh, aircraft programs. And so when uh, aerospace tanked, people were just walking away from the houses. They were putting their keys in their mailboxes and leaving. And so L.A. County got this great idea that they were going to take all the Section 8 people and move them up there because the houses were suddenly so affordable. So all those people were like, well, we want to get out of these gang problems, so we're going to move up there. Guess who was the gangs? It was all their kids. So when they moved all their kids up there, suddenly took them with them. they took all the gangs and put them up in the Antelope Valley. So now we've got, the problem is you got gangs that used to be like, oh, yeah, we're the 70s, or we, 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 we're like the, the Ace Street gangsters or whatever. And uh, they're all mixed in neighborhoods now. This guy's a rolling 70s crip. This guy's a 8th Avenue guy. You know, it's like, but they're all in the same street. Yeah. So it, it's not a great combination. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no territory. So it got really bad for a while. And we had a couple interesting shootings. One of them, a uh, guy did, did a drive-by. Unfortunately for, for this drive-by crew, it was the passenger who was doing the shooting. And he was shooting at someone who was on the driver's side of the car. Oh, man. And ended up uh, shooting his own homie in the head, and the car slid into some garbage cans. This is what they uh, described up there. The sheriff's deputies would call it a homie side. Oh. And so that ended that drive-by. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had another one where uh, it was way out in the desert, and this guy lived in this shack all by himself, and these gang members decided they didn't like him. So they drove down this dark road to, to try to shoot up his place. And as any good desert person, instead of calling 911, he grabbed his shotgun and ran out of his house and into a flanking position in the desert, and they, they proceeded to start shooting at each other. One of their homeboys got in between, and they all ended up, all the gangsters shot one of their own guys. And like good gangsters, they left him there in the road and reversed back down the road and went, went home. That's all the time we've got, Dave. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. Ending on a high note, 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri.